All right. Well, let's go. Let's go to Psalm. We're going to go to Psalm 121 first. Yeah, you guys come on in. <clears throat> oh, Psalm 121. And we're, we're going to look this morning at, at, at don't run off. When you've got, uh, I'm not talking about here this morning, but you're, you're, when, when you're faced with any kind of difficulty, I don't care what it is. I mean, there's things that are even on your mind right now. You know, some of you, you got my most, a lot of you got your coffee in your hand, which is fine, whatever. We're having a good time this morning, whatever, eating donuts, whatever, but, and we're at church, but you got something on your mind that you're like, oh man, I got to deal with this in just a little bit. Roll that burden over on the Lord. Oh, Melody told me when she got here uh, Friday, she said that her good friend, Phil, your daughter, uh, <clears throat> Dominique, said she was going to change her favorite verse to 1 Peter chapter 5, uh, verse 7, which, what is it, Mel? You remember? Cast your burden on the Lord, right? Well, actually, it says casting your care upon the Lord for he cares for you. Why? What's all that about? Well, it's not for something, shall we say, for wimpy people or maybe just for some uh, lady folk or whatever. This is this was a man, Peter, talking in his in a letter that he wrote, and he was actually with Jesus. Jesus actually called Peter the rock. Your name will be called Peter, meaning a rock, whatever. And this guy's saying, Look, I've figured it out. Cast your care upon the Lord, for he cares for you. Well, Psalm chapter 55, verse 11 says, Cast thy verse 22 says, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain you. Burden meaning whatever problem. Sometimes our words today, we just don't use the word burden except for we think, well, that person's a burden to me or whatever, or whatever. We don't use that word. It's trouble, problems, whatever it is. So here we go. Let's watch this. Don't run from your difficulties. And this is what he's actually going to say here in, uh, in Psalm 121. But I'm going to start with the King James. So this is Psalm 121. Remember, this is literally prayer 121. This is not a guitar-picking song or whatever, even though they've added in here and said a song of degrees. What? What is that? See all these things just throw us completely away from what we're supposed to be focusing on. Song of degrees, yeah. Go study the people that worked on the translation of this version, and they went to such and such seminary, whatever, and you're supposed to know what that word degrees is. But we want to know what the Scripture says. So here's what it says. Psalm 121. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence comes my help. Yeah, we've heard that a lot. I'll lift up my eyes to the hills. Perhaps maybe you've heard a song that used this. But notice this. Verse 2, my help comes from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Now, there's going to be a very strong contrast here in the Living Bible. But I want you to think about this. I will lift up mine eyes to the hills, from whence comes my help. Well, should we today right, go outside and go look at Green Mountain? <laughs> well, we need a bigger mountain. Okay, we can go to, what? what is it, uh, in Seattle. We'll go watch that mountain right there. Which one is that? Rainier, yeah, Mount Rainier, or, hell, or, or, or whatever, either way. Those, there's more to this. Look at the Living Bible, because he's saying, I will lift up my eyes to the hills, from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Let's switch this to the Living Bible just a moment. Shall I look to the mountain gods for help? Mm, wait a minute. This makes a little more sense. No, my help is from Jehovah who made the mountains. Well, I can see that now in the King James because he said, my help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. In other words, my problem, no matter what I'm faced with, my God created everything. And I'm in this everything somewhere. So surely if he created all of this glory and the universe and everything about, he can handle my situation. So notice what he says. He will never, and the heavens too, I love that. He will never let me stumble, slip, or fall. Now, let's try to apply this to thinking that all we have is a ticket to heaven. Well, you can't do that. 
Heaven's already taken care of. Can somebody help me with John 3.16? God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten what? Son. Son. That whoever, what? Believes in Him, then what do we got to do? Nothing. Shall not perish, but have everlasting life. We don't need any help with that one anymore. We've got that one covered. We're going. So this here, he's saying, he will never let me stumble, slip, or fall, for he is always watching, never sleeping. He's not worried about your salvation, is he? Now, let's go back to what we were looking for at the start. Shall I look to the mountain gods for help? Well, I don't need help going to heaven. Jesus was already sent for me. I need help with the troubles that I face with today, no matter what they are. Could be your coffee maker like I was talking about or something else. And believe me, during the midst of the coffee maker situation, I had other more pressing problems. But I have learned Jesus is the same help for all of them, from small to great. And it's just like practice. You know, you just practice. You play an instrument or you practice at certain things or whatever it is. It doesn't matter what. You get better at it. And we're all getting better at calling on the Lord. And that's what he's saying here. Am I going to look to the mountain gods for help? Are you kidding? I'm going to look to the one who made the mountains. And he'll never let me stumble, slip, or fall. Now remember, whose Bible is this in? It's in your Bible. So this is yours. You can't read these things and go, oh yes, I remember. I'm going to study the book of Psalms. And as most folks do, or a lot of folks do, David wrote this. Quit saying, David, it's you. These are, these are your words. They belong to you. So he will never let me stumble, slip, or fall, no matter what I'm faced with right now, whatever, we're, whatever our mind's on. He's always watching, never sleeping. Jehovah, that's the Lord, himself is caring for you. He's always your defender. Now, why does he have to defend us? Because everything that happens, it might be God's will. No, it's not God's will. He told Adam and Eve in the garden, don't eat of that tree. He didn't say, well, let's just see what happens. No, he warned them, don't eat of that tree. If you do, calamity is going to come on you, basically. And it did. Jehovah is caring for you. He is your defender. He protects you day and night. You know, sometimes we think we're alone. and We think, well, nobody's helping me today. Psalm 121, he's watching over you. He's not just watching going, yeah, there goes old Bob. He's fixed to have some problems, but I'm going to assure Bob that I'm with him. <laughs> That's like saying there's air in my car when I'm fixing to have an accident. I don't need air. I need help. I want to get out of this accident alive. Well, wait a minute. Bob reads this and it says, I am your defender. You know, <clears throat> he protects you day and night. Wouldn't that be nice? It is the truth. He protects you. He keeps you from all evil and preserves your life. See, now how am I going to liken that unto going to heaven? It's got nothing to do with going to heaven. That's going to come after he's preserved you all this time. Just amazing. He keeps his eye upon you. See, we think God's left us sometimes. We think, you know, he's too busy. You know, why does he want to care about me? Well, remember, we studied Psalm 139 last week, and we realized that I don't care what, which way you look at it. He loves you. So look what he says. He protects you day and night. He keeps you from all evil and preserves your life. He keeps his eye upon you as you come and go and always guards you. End of story. So, I mean, this is already like, you know what? I am going to have a good day today. Good. And then while you're thinking, I am going to have a good day, when those thoughts are coming that, oh, mercy, I got this financial thing I'm dealing with. 
or I've got this people problem I'm dealing with or whatever. Don't even go there. Remind yourself because this is supposed to be 121 of your favorite prayers that you use that were given to you in the Bible. If you will, let's go directly to... um, uh, 91, and watch this right here. Same thing. Same thing. I don't want to spend time on this one because I want to go to Psalm 11. But watch this just a moment. We live within the shadow of the Almighty. King James says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High God. Well, it's the same thing, but sometimes you can talk yourself out of it and say, Well, I hope today, I hope today. He's sh-. We've already read in Psalm 121, No matter what you do, He's going to protect you. He's there. He's watching over you. He's not sleeping. So we do live within the shadow of the Almighty. Sheltered by the God who is above all gods. Same thing 121 said. This I declare that he alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I am trusting him. Trusting him what? Oh, I believe there's a God. You better do better than that. Believe he's your shelter. For he rescues you from every trap and protects you from the fatal plague. Boy, this is just loaded. It's just loaded. I want to go on to Psalm 11. In other words, do not run from your problems. I'm not going to flee to the mountains. Okay, let's go to uh, Psalm 11 here. In Psalm 11, look at this. And look, and can you see in no wonder why David would say it this way? How dare you tell me to flee to the mountains for safety when I'm trusting the Lord? I'm going to be fine. Now, you know... You can tell somebody this, but first off, you better be telling yourself. David said in Psalm 103, he said, bless the Lord, O my soul. He was talking to himself. He's looking in the mirror going, Richard, today we're going to praise the Lord. (laughs) Why? Oh, and forget not all his benefits. What are they? Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Ooh, I remember why now. And then he goes on with this big, long list. He redeems your life from destruction. A lot of things I can be happy about. Praise the Lord. See, God doesn't want you to put a smile on your face and just go out there and get obliterated out there. You're smiling because you know God is on your side. And so David smarts off, you could say, but he's boasting in the Lord and you can too. How dare you tell me to flee to the mountains for safety when I'm trusting in the Lord? I mean, it doesn't take a real genius, and we're talking about yourself, to recall miraculous stories in the scriptures about how God rescued people. And those people in your Bible are supposed to be you. I mean, I could go off on on many of them right now, but I won't. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And don't make that an isolated case for just Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We got too many details there for it not to reoccur again. It will reoccur. The feeding of the 5,000, whatever. Peter walking on the water, and then he pulls a blunder. <gasps> it's too windy. It's, it's stormy out here. And he starts to sink, and Jesus saves him. On and on and on. <clears throat> Daniel in the what den? The lion's den. Man, I tell you what, I don't like animals when they lose their marbles. You know, I, <laughs> you're leery of that. David was thrown into a den where they're, you know, it's just like getting table scraps to a dog. They don't want to eat that store-bought stuff. They'd rather have Daniel. Here comes a real snack. But the Bible says in Daniel chapter 9 when he was tossed in there, that's Daniel 6, I believe it is. The Lord sent his angel and closed the lion's mouth. Praise God. Think he'll do that for you? Sounds like it here. This is David. He said, how dare you tell me to flee to the mountains when I'm trusting the Lord? 
For the wicked have strung their bows, drawn their arrows tight against the bowstrings and aimed from ambush at the people of God. So this is like people problems. Man, we have people problems all the time. All kind of difficulties we're faced with. Law and order have collapsed, we are told. What can the righteous do but flee? Some of this sounds like some of our country today. It's just getting worse out there. It's just getting worse. It's uh, it's going to get so bad out there, nobody's going to be able to get a job. Wait a minute. How many have ever heard, you know, God's still on his throne? You know, he hadn't fallen off his throne. Well, hello. The Lord is still in his holy temple. He still rules from heaven. He closely watches everything that happens here on earth. And that's not like he says, now I want this to happen and this to happen. No, he's watching. He knows these guys are pulling back their bows and trying to aim, you know, at Aaron or Dustin or me or any of us in this room. Oh, he's not going to let it happen. Mm-mm. He hates those loving violence. He will rain down fire and brimstone upon the wicked and scorch them with his burning wind. For the Lord's good. He loves goodness. The godly. Oh, the godly shall see his face. That's the end of the story. So no wonder he says here, how dare you tell me to flee the mountains for safety? Well, where am I going to get safety? Well, oh, I'm trying to get to, uh, <clears throat> to the book of Exodus, but I can't stop by without going over here to oh, Psalm 4. In Psalm 4, this is real short, real short little prayer. Your little daily things going on. You're going, oh, praise God. I remember in Psalm 4, there was something to do about being protected here. Yeah. Oh, God, you have declared me perfect in your eyes. In other words, it's not a matter of me being perfect. God gave you this as a gift. It's a gift. You have always cared for me in my distress. Feel like you're distressed today or whatever? If you're not, you're going to. Jesus said in the world, you have tribulation and it's going to affect your smile. That's the reason Jesus said, but be of good cheer. I've overcome it. In other words, he's this close to you. He's standing at the door saying, listen, if you'll just let me in, I can beat down all this pressure. You know, I mean, it's the funniest thing in your life. You got favorite things. I mean, we all got cell phones. What do you feel like when your cell phone goes out? Well, I tell you what Melody and Joy do, and I have others, and I know it's like Jesus' name. <laughs> and before you know it, your cell phone's working. Well, you just got lucky. You didn't get lucky. That's the Lord. Lose your cell phone sometimes. See what happens to that smile on your face. Oh, my goodness. Lose your wallet sometime. Have a bill come up and take all the money that you just figured you thought you had or whatever. We have problems out there. You've declared me perfect in your eyes, Lord. You've always cared for me in my distress. In other words, I'm not going to run to the mountains for help when I've got the Lord. Now, hear me as I call. Look at this again. Listen, saints, it's okay to, shall we say, wear out Jesus. You're not going to wear him out. Did you wear your mother out? Your mother may think you wore out as a kid, you know, but you didn't. Your dad, too, whatever. And you that are parents understand as your children, concerning your children, they're not going to wear you out. But yet somehow when it comes to Jesus, we feel like it's just we get one promise. One promise. One, you know, it's a genie in a bottle. Just three times. And that's it. That's not true. Have mercy on me. Hear my prayer. And he goes right to it. The Lord God asked sons of men, how no, will you forever turn my glory into shame by worshiping these silly idols? In other words, running to other things that thinking if I do this, things will get better. I'm not going to ask God for his help anymore because he's stingy. God's not stingy. He will help you. When every claim they made for them is false. Notice they can't do anything. Verse 3, mark this well. The Lord has set apart the redeemed for himself. Therefore, he will listen to me and answer when I call. Now, I wonder what David's going to ask about. Probably the same thing you're going to face today. Watch this. Therefore, he will listen to me and answer when I call him. Stand before the Lord Lord and all. 
Don't sin against him. Lie quietly upon your bed in silent meditation. Put your trust in the Lord and offer pleasing sacrifices. Now, don't make a big deal about this. Jesus is your sacrifice. Now, here we go. Let's keep reading. Many say that the Lord will never help us. And you'll probably be one to agree with that at times. Your mind will say, I ain't getting out of this one. There's no way I'm going to get out of this one. This one's too great. And I don't think the Lord likes me right now. It's, you better be reading your Bible. You know, The Lord loves you. He does. Everybody that came to him got help. He didn't send anybody away. He didn't. Read it for yourself. <clears throat> There's some people that walked away and thought he couldn't do nothing. But it wasn't Jesus. We had people from other nations. Don't even, they just heard about our God and showed up. Naaman, for one. He had, a, he had a skin disease, like skin cancer. Leprosy is what they called it. And he came all the way over to Israel and said, I heard there's a God over here that can handle this. And there was. And he did what that God said, and he was healed. Now, if you remember closely the story that's in 2 Kings chapter 5, guess who told him that that would happen? He had a little servant Israelite woman, girl, that helped Naaman's wife. And apparently she loved both of those people. Naaman was like a general in the army and the general's wife. And the general's wife had a little servant girl. Well, little or not, but it was an Israelite girl who had knowledge that what? Like we do this morning. That I don't care what you're faced with, God will fix it. And that girl told her, the general's wife, you know, if you'll tell the general to go to Israel, there's a guy over there that'll get God to heal him. And he did, and it happened. Naaman went over there and was completely healed. And Jesus even mentioned that story in the light of doubt and unbelief. He said there were many lepers, but only one was healed, and it was, it was Naaman. And it was because of unbelief that the people <clears throat> back in those days weren't, weren't getting well. They, they were running from God. I mean, they, were, I mean they, they didn't want to try. They thought there's no way God will help them. But he will if you'll hang in there. Verse 3, Mark this well. The Lord has set apart the redeemed for himself. Therefore, he will listen to me and answer when I call him. Okay, and then let's jump down here to verse 6. Many that say God will never help us prove them wrong. Wow. So God's telling me today, you know, oh, taste and see that the Lord's good. In other words, whatever difficulties you've got, prove them wrong. And these are the voices that you hear in your own head saying, it's never going to get better. It's only going to get worse. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. God's not going to help me. Tell that stuff to be quiet. Prove all of that wrong. Now watch, this is fantastic. Watch this. Oh Lord, by letting the light of your face shine down upon us. Yes, the gladness you have given me. Now this is supposed to be you and I today. And if you're overwhelmed by whatever you've got a problem today with, then you're just not listening to this. I mean, I can put on a happy face and whatever, but I can run from this and say, I'll be happy when my problem's over with. Man, I can be rejoicing now. Because I'm telling you, everything's going to be great for Richard Adair when he walks out this building. Everything's going to be great for you when you walk outside this building too because this is always in your language. It's talking about you. Prove them wrong, Lord, letting the light of your face shine down upon us. Yes, the gladness you've given me is far greater than the joys at harvest time as they gaze at our bountiful crops. In other words, you can have all the money in the world, but if you're faced with some other difficulty... Money ain't going to make you happy right now because you've got maybe a physical problem or whatever. Or maybe just accidentally you didn't fill up your car and you ain't got time to call somebody to come give you gas or whatever. And it's like, how did this happen? Or you have a flat tire or this or that. It, it makes no difference. We all know how troubles come to our life. But notice what he says. You've given me gladness more than having all the money in the world. 
And it's not because we have arrived, we've learned that money doesn't matter. Let me tell you something, money does matter. I'm going to go eat in a few minutes and I'm not going down to that restaurant thinking they're going to be nice to Mr. Richard. I better have some money, you know. It takes money. Watch this. So he says, I will lie down in peace and sleep. For though I am alone, O Lord, you will keep me safe. Praise God. Okay. Well, if that's the case, he's going to keep me safe, then I'm not going to run from difficulties. Well, let's see what happened to Mr. Moses over here. Mr. Moses went the wrong way. In Exodus chapter 3, let's see what happens here. God's trying to tell him, look, I need you to go somebody. I mean, go back to Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. Remember, Moses had this problem. But I'm not the person for the job. (laughs) Boy, he was having trouble with that one. Let's see what happens. Watch this. God says, look, call all the elders of Israel. Now, remember Moses did this, and he was like, once he got warmed up, he was like, you know what, we're going to be all right. You know, praise the Lord. Call all the elders of Israel together. God instructed him, tell them that Jehovah, that's the Lord, appeared to you in the burning bush. Okay. He said, I have visited my people and have seen what's been happening to them. Now, remember, is that strange? You think God knows what you're going through? Well, I'm not the children of Israel. (laughs) Wake up. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus called everybody by their first name. He knew who they were. He knows who you are. He knows the hairs on your head. He knows your difficulties. I just wish heaven knew my problem. He knows. The problem is you've got to switch on the faith and say, you know, praise the Lord. God knows my name. God's here to help me. If I need to be forgiven, he'll forgive me. If I need help, he'll help me. And he will. He says, you tell them that I visited you back here reading about Moses. Uh, I visited my people and I've seen what's happening to them in Egypt. I promise to rescue them from their drudgery and humiliation they are undergoing and to take them to the land now occupied, the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, remember all this. Now notice this. To a land, now let this sink in this morning. I know we've heard it a million times. A land, what? Flowing with milk and honey. That's so important. And what do I care today in 2014 what happened to them? That's because it's the same God. He's doing the same thing for you and I today. When we walk out of here, a land flowing with milk and honey. Now you remember when the Israelites, when they got out, the day they left, and we have this thing, remember, what kind of bread are they supposed to eat at the Passover or whatever? It's unleavened bread. And you know the story about unleavened bread? They didn't have time to make that bread rise. So they just, it was unleavened. You're going to leave Egypt in a hurry. Put your shoes on and everything. And what was so amazing about this is that God gave them, let's get over here and we'll look at it. Oh, they just totally spoiled the Egyptians when they left. Oh. Let me get over and just show you that. All right. Okay, let's go to the 12th chapter. Amazing. <clears throat> so when they finally leave, remember they're told to go. They're going to, the, they're going to the promised land, okay? See, this is what happened. They finally, the, the, the blood was put on the doorpost, okay? 
Now notice in verse 31, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron during the night and said, Leave us, please go, all of you, go serve the Lord as you said. Take your flocks, your herds, be gone, oh, and give me a blessing as you go. Even this guy knew that, you know, I'll tell you what, the Lord is blessing these people. It's not like, well, they're, you know, they're, they're dirt broke and just go out there and live under a bridge. No. Remember, uh, Pharaoh went on to say, get to the land as soon as possible, for they said, we are as good as dead. <laughs> they knew they were fighting against God. Now, watch this. Remember, they're going to a land flowing with milk and honey. It hit that night. The Israelites took from them bread and dough without yeast and bound their kneading troughs into their spare clothes and carried them on their shoulders. And the people of Israel did as Moses said and asked the Egyptians for silver and gold, jewelry and clothing. And the Lord gave the Israelites favor with the Egyptians so that they gave them whatever they wanted. Let me scroll down a little further. What happened? And the Egyptians were practically stripped of everything they owned. My goodness. Let me tell you, God's going to take care of you. I don't care what you're faced with, what your problem is, no matter what it is, God will get you out of that jam. He will. Now, oh, we go to one last place here. Jesus stood up and said one time, oh, just, it's just like out of the blue. What was he doing? Ah, he's just telling you how it works. Chapter 7. Notice it's, it's kind of like, well, what topic are we talking about? Judge not that you be not judged. Well, I'm not going to judge that guy. Okay. All right. Go all the way down here to, uh, to verse 7. What does he say? <coughs> he says, ask and it shall be given you. Now, he's not saying go up to some tree and ask. He's just talking about the Lord. Isn't that right? Seek and you'll find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. Look at this. For everyone that asketh receiveth. Now, who's, where do we stand on that right now? Well, what we stand on that is that's just your responsibility. You're supposed to ask. Okay? And the next thing he says here, He that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. And then he says, What man is there among you whom if his son asks bread will give him a stone? In other words, if you ask God for something, he's going to say, Well, I don't know. I think you need a snake. No. And this is why we get all these crazy things. Don't be careful what you ask for, you know. Or, and we get all these things in our mind thinking that God won't do it. Or when you walk out this building here, you can pray and ask. And, and, and you just, you're on the 15-minute cycle. I didn't see anything for 15 minutes, so I guess that means no. That doesn't mean no. It means keep knocking. He said, everyone that asketh receiveth. Don't dare give up. God told you uh, a land flowing with milk and honey is yours. It belongs to you. He said, or if he asks fish, will he give him a serpent? He said, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your heavenly Father know what? How to give good things to them that ask. Now, God will get you out no matter what you're faced with today. He really will. You don't need to run from anything. And it's like David said, how dare you tell me to run to the hills when I'm trusting God? Are you kidding me? God's going to help me. Praise the Lord. He will, and he'll help you. Father, we thank you. By your stripes, we're healed today. No matter what we may feel like, if things might not be going good in our body, we know you're there to help. You healed them all, Jesus, and you'll heal us today, and we just thank you for it. Same thing's true financially, Lord. If we're struggling financially, no matter what it is, David said, I've been young and been old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Lord, you will provide, and I just thank you for that, Lord. You supply all our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. 
And Lord, if we're faced with something that has nothing to do with healing, had nothing to do with us not feeling good, nothing to do with money or anything, it was just some other bugging problem. It doesn't matter what it is. Lord, you said, many are the afflictions of the righteous and the Lord delivers them out of them all. So you'll get us out. And we're looking to you. We're calling on you, asking you to get us out of trouble. So that doesn't leave anything left but for us to tell others about Jesus and what you've done in our life. And that's what we're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Praise the Lord.